Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Ripper. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys, and before I pass the mic over to this week's host, just something real quick. I was asked recently, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, Gus, there are a few ways, actually. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on the platform you're listening to us right now. Number two, definitely subscribe to the pod. Number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this episode or other episodes with them. Number four, you can support our sponsor. And number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, about being a sponsor at CousinBailey at gmail.com. In fact, I'm in the works with talking about an, talking to another sponsor right now, and I'll have more information for y'all perhaps in the coming weeks. But this week, we welcome back to the standings leader from like the first seven weeks. He had a monster week nine. So uh, take it away, Gus. Boom. As I told the boys earlier, I'm coming in hot. I'm all, I'm all uh, liquored up. Got a lot of swing oil in me for those golfers out there. Yes, I am back on top. I had a hell of a week. Went four and one. I'm at 38 and 29. Malt kind of fell off there. Uh, didn't have a lot of faith in some of the lines. He went two and threes at 37 and 30. So right there with me. There'll probably be a lot of flip-flopping for the rest of the season. Dr. Riffick, he's at 34 and 33, game over 500. He went three and two last week. And even going three and two last week, a winning week, Cousin Bailey, 27 and 40, 13 games under 500. I break late. Everybody knows that. And that was a famous line that was said last Saturday at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in St. Petersburg. Hosted by Cousin Bailey. It was a great time, had by all. Uh, doctor couldn't make it, but he sent us a gift. It was uh, it was very appropriate for the occasion. And we also had a legacy bourbon boy make an appearance. So Larry was there. It was good times. It was good to have us all together. Uh, Cousin Bailey smoked a rump roast. I don't know what the hell. It was pork, right? Yeah, he did pork. pork. Yeah. But yeah. Everything was good. All the food was amazing. The drinks were definitely flowing, probably a little bit too much, yeah. but it was a, it was a hell of a Saturday. I had a lot of fun. I think everyone there did. So thanks, cuz. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, man. It was awesome. And it was great to see you guys and appreciate the doctor's contribution. Uh, it definitely contributed in some way to us having foggy memories on Sunday great time it's great to see you guys in person most definitely and for those who don't know we're on the wrong side of 40 so that saturday took a couple days to recover from that's for sure we thought we were back uh yeah. drinking <laughs> drinking at the salty dog although <laughs> i was there sparingly but i had a few drinks there but i know malton because you guys definitely uh, tore it up there and could probably wake up the next morning or not even sleep at all and just fucking keep going like a normal human being 
but we're fucking old. This week's slate of games, there's a lot, which is good. Awesome. So let's go around the room, see what everybody's drinking. We'll start with uh, the host of our tremendous Saturday besides the result. Well, one of the results. What's up, cuz? What you got? Hey, so uh, I'm trying to finish off like one of like the five beers we left after. I think there was like two cases that like the three of us went through. For like, almost all of it. It was, uh, I mean, I felt it the next day, that's for sure. But um, we also had some bur- uh, plenty of bourbon and some left over. And so I'm drinking Michter's right now. And I've got a couple of those beers in the fridge here. But uh, Michter's bourbon is what I'm drinking right now. Got a boy. What you got, Malt? So uh, I'm keeping the bourbon train going. Uh, that, that same Yellowstone Select which is pretty good. I just want to echo the food was great. I probably should have had more of it. Yeah. Um, Cause honestly, I think by like the fourth quarter, I was starting to like, I don't want to say maybe not what's before a brownout, um, but it was a great time. Uh, great food. Loved uh, seeing uh, how grown up cause those kids are and everyone yeah. really great, but uh, I hope I didn't scare them. But, <laughs> no, they, they loved it, man. They loved the attention too. Got it. Good, good. Anyway, uh, yeah, just a great, just a great time. So I've, I've got the, uh, like I said, I've got the uh, Yellowstone Select bourbon. I will say before we get to doctor, it was pretty fun watching Malt trying to stand. That was good times. He was holding on to the island pretty good. He yeah, was in my kitchen. In my kitchen, he was. Doctor, what you got from Dragoon? Are we still sober? What's going on? Oh, we are definitely not sober today. Attaboy. Uh, <laughs> doctor had a rough day, lost a friend, but you know what? We're here. I'm having a Sonoran Amber. Ooh. All right. Who's that made by? It doesn't matter. Okay. Dragoon. 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 Okay, Dragoon. All right. That that actually wasn't why I asked the question. No, I literally no. wanted to know if there was like a brewery I hadn't heard of that made that. <laughs> so, you know. And bourbon boys tradition, I'm gonna have a bourbon. I got Not the probably. four roses small batch. Hell yeah, uh, it's pretty good. I, I think I uh, went through my testing period on it earlier, uh, one of the episodes. But cuz broke out Blanton's at uh, at the party on Saturday. I had never had it before, and I liked it. I yeah. was pretty impressed. And what do you do yeah. with that bottle of scotch that I you actually remember that? Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that, well, was, that was halftime. That right? was halftime, and we came out fucking swinging at halftime. The Gators. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should have brought that bottle to the bar outside. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have felt comfortable with that, but yeah, no, it was great. I was happy. I was, I was happy to crack open and uh, mess up the symmetry in my uh, in my liquor ca- my bourbon cabinet. It was it was it was a good occasion. It was a great occasion, I should say, to do that. So yeah, no, I was, I was loving it. Um. So yeah, what do you do with the Brooklotti? So, so I will break the tradition so... for me, dude. Uh, I'm actually going to go have bourbon. We'll see how that goes. Dude, uh, the, the, only sweep it. Ha- the only one I have is Bullet. So Bullet's a good, a fine bourbon. So this podcast may go downhill quick, but we'll yeah. find out. <laughs> but you asked about the Brooklotti? Brooklotti. We only had one drink of it. Yeah, I remember because I was smelling it and tasting it the next day one scotch out of all the shit i drank and that's what was kind of 
emanating through my pores and like through my nasal passages the next day. Because I mean, I, I remember almost everything I put, you know, I, everyone went to bed and I sat downstairs and had one more drink, which was a great idea. I watched Teen, <laughs> and watched Teen Wolf. And then the next day I got up and cleaned that clean, you know, like outside and the, you know, the bar and everything. And I was just like, what is, am I smelling here? And I kind of had to confirm with Mrs. Cuz that there was a scotch drink and she confirmed. There it's was. Fine. That one's it's not fine. even Petey. That's like a good entry. Single malt scotch. There's That's what kind of wuss I am when it comes to scotch. Yeah. Thank, thankfully, no puke anywhere was discovered, right? No. When am I looking for some? No, <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. Every everyone was great as far as I could tell. I mean, obviously we were all drunk, but nobody did anything terrible. That's good. No, it was yeah. pretty calm. It, it it actually was. Everyone kind of behaved. Well, I mean, so, for being shit faced drunk, everyone behaved absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was yeah. no. There's no party no. calls going on. Hell Good no. time. Good time. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we have any. Uh, there were no angry drunks there. No, no, no. We were clearly the drunkest. Well, and then yeah. maybe another, and then maybe another person. But um, you know, the kids were running around. I got to break out the party speaker and let them dance around like nuts and nuts. And they played. We played the Gator fight song and. All the kids knew what to do. You guys remember that? I don't know. Yep. It, was a, yep. it was great. So, no, I, I want to do it again. I love, I love indoctrinating my kids with, you know, whatever. And I don't let them know we lost. <laughs> yeah. Every day is a good day. Every Saturday is a good day, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, good times. Well, it's funny. Like, I was on Twitter and I'm like, Sometimes you try to like, see, well, did I do anything? And, and so we, we may talk about them later, but Mark Long tweeted that, uh, and this is maybe relevant for the big game this week, that uh, Nolan Smith was out with a shoulder injury. I replied, good. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. That's like a 20-year-old kid. I should probably delete that. So I did. Yeah. And he's referring to uh, Mark Long, the AP writer, who yeah. – uh, I would say found himself in hot water this week, but I guarantee neither he nor the people he worked for cares what he said about Billy Napier. Unless there's been some apology issued, but I mean, I would be shocked. Yeah. We'll talk about that. I guess in game two. Yeah. Game two of seven, count them, seven SEC games this week. No out of conference. I think there's a couple on a bye. I can't. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? There is one out of conference. I see one, um, but we'll get to that game. Maud will break it down like the professional that he is. Mm-hmm. I don't. Is there a bye week this week? I don't know. Probably is. It seems like there probably should be. We're in the bye season. Ole Miss has definitely got a bye week. Yeah, Ole Miss. Yep. New coach at Auburn. Yeah, he's he's got a bye this week. Oh. So I guess without further ado, let's get into it. Malt. All right. So uh, speaking of bourbon. Kentucky at Missouri. Um, needless to say, I did not watch much of this game, much of Kentucky's game last uh, week, but they got thoroughly handled by Tennessee. Will Levis showed his ass worse than I did, probably. I don't. I think I would have at least thrown for one touchdown against Tennessee. Um, but he was uh, three picks, and they just got absolutely run out of the run out of Neyland stadium 
shocking to me. You know, I, I said I would be surprised if UK won. I thought they'd keep it semi-close and at least be able to score a little bit, but Tennessee shut them down. Um, uh, Mizzou, big surprise over South Carolina. Um, again, South Carolina, I think, turned the ball over quite a bit, was never really in it. Uh, I think they cut it to six. They were down a couple scores early, cut it to six, and then were back down pretty quickly and never really contended. Uh, I think Kentucky's a bet, still a better team. The one thing is they tend to do this October, November swoon where everyone's like, oh, we might win the East. And then, you know, they lose Georgia, lose somebody else, lose another game. I don't think they played Georgia yet, but, um, but yeah, Mizzou's just very average. I still think Kentucky's better. There's no real home field advantage at Mizzou. So um, two points should be enough. I didn't say Mizzou's a two-point, but I think Kentucky will cover that number, so I'll take the Cats on the road. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, Crazy, I mean, crazy about Missouri uh, beating South Carolina last week. I I, Obviously, I don't want to act like I watched much of the game. We were just totally trashed by the fourth quarter, but so even if I had watched the game, wouldn't remember much, but you know, South Carolina was on a, you know, heavy little roll there four games in a row and Missouri is not good. And, you know, like they, the best thing they'd done all year is almost stop Georgia, which was great, but I just don't see them beating Kentucky. Kentucky ran into the number one team in the, you know, college football playoff poll. I mean, you know, and then they, and they got thoroughly beaten, you know, by a third or four, you know, fourth place team in the, in the SEC East. I mean, that, that's what happens, but I think they're better than Missouri who is, I mean, they're, I don't know. I mean, it's just a weird line. To, I mean, I don't, I don't know why I feel this confident about a game where Missouri is only a two point home dog to a team I'm suggesting is significantly better, but even if it's just like a one point or, you know, like a, a three, rather a three point, game or something like that i think we'd be in good shape so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with kentucky but i don't i don't love it especially since like you said they showed their asses last week yeah i was on mute sorry sorry so i'm I'm conflicted on this just because i i agree with you guys kentucky's the better team that being said missouri's weird like no one expected them to beat a hot south carolina no one expected them to play Georgia better than Florida played Georgia. It's it's a it's an anomaly. Kentucky, as was stated, got their ass kicked, which I predicted. Boom, part of my big week. I don't know. Like this is this is actually really really tough. Really tough. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Kentucky. I don't know why. Like they they should beat Missouri. They should beat Missouri by 14 to 21 points. You know that's that's what it should be. But who knows? Who knows what Missouri team is going to show up? Who knows what Will Levis, although he's played well except last week, um, is going to show up. So, yeah, just I'll take Kentucky. Let's go ahead and sweep that. I agree with you guys. I don't think any of us feel great about it. But, yeah, I mean, that's – The over-under, though, 43. I kind of like that. It's tiny. It's like NFL shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd stay away. Everything yeah, I'd stay game. far away from this game. But the next game, I'd probably stay away from too. 12 o'clock kickoff, your Florida Gators 
They're heading to College Station, play Texas A&M. A&M lost last weekend to Ole Miss. Not a shocker. The only shocking part of it was I think we swept it where A&M wouldn't cover. I don't remember the line, but I think that's how that went down. Not surprising they lost. Kind of surprising they put up a, a good fight. And, yeah, it was, it was uh, they were three-point dogs to uh, Ole Miss. And it was what? What was the score? 31-28. It was a push, but we lost. Yeah, it was a push. Sorry. All right. So that's a loss. But, yeah, it's – um. This is, it's almost like this game is who's going to suck more. I'll let you guys cover a lot of the Florida stuff. Well, I'll say one thing about Florida. Uh, the AR, he has, how can I put this? He has the ability. I just, he needs to stop overthrowing guys. I don't know. I've heard you can't coach accuracy. That's just something someone has. I don't know how true that is. I think you can teach anybody something good enough or well enough to where they're successful. But I think if AR makes some more passes, obviously Florida's defense last week, they kind of came on in the third quarter. It was, they came out, you know, pretty hot. There was a pick, a pick, right? Definitely a pick. And uh, this is where I started fading. Uh, Was there, there was a fumble recovery as well, right? Yeah, Georgia, we forced, (coughs) forced three turnovers. Okay. I think, one was in the first half, but there were two back to back in the third. Yeah. In the third quarter. Yeah. And I think it, it got down to a one possession game, eight point game. And man, we were, we were fired up. Where were we fired up? And then oh, yeah. Georgia went back to what they do um, running the ball. They didn't, they stopped challenging the Florida's corners and they just beat up the D line. Uh, Bretton Cox. He's gone. I'm sure that'll be talked about. Reporters making comments on hot mics. I'm sure that'll be talked about. But, man, at College Station, A&M a three-point favorite. Over-under is 53-and-a-half. Take the under on this one, everyone. Um, Then again, the defenses suck, so maybe not. Maybe you want to go over. I have no faith in Haynes King. He's a terrible quarterback although I have about as much confidence as Florida's defense, but fuck it. If it's a shootout, Florida will win. So give me uh, give me the go Gators. Ooh. So would you change your mind if you found out that a five-star freshman quarterback, Connor Wigman, who started against Ole Miss, had four touchdowns over 300 yards instead well, of Haynes King? I think- that's uh- – yeah, I, I I think that game was on when I was pretty much in the tank there. I think that was the late game. I think it was a 7.30 kickoff. It was. Yeah, that may change my mind. But I made my pick, not knowing my history on Haynes King, that he didn't even play last week. So, yeah, I'll still take Florida. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take A&M. Not because I have any faith in them. I just, you know, they're at home. I haven't seen anything from Florida. They just we just can't put together a complete game. I think we started out with what four or five consecutive three and outs, and then you know we're down twenty eight to three at halftime. Sure, we you know made some. We didn't quit, which I still think this team has shown they're not going to do. Um, but part of that could have been Georgia just lost interest. You know, um, last week A and M gave up almost four hundred yards rushing. 
to Ole Miss. Um, and Ole Miss is one of the best running teams in the country. And they actually, their quarterback tries to run, which for whatever reason, we don't seem to have the guts to want to do. Who, I mean, if he gets healed, the season's already over. You yeah. know, what are we trying? We're trying to make a bowl. Okay. Um, I just, I, and I think some of the other commentary is, you know, is it p- possible Napier's a moron? I think we were trying to say whether he and AR's combined SAT could equal any of ours. Um, there was some question about that. Uh, but the defense is, is really the Achilles heel. And it seems like every team that plays against us, if they're struggling on offense, the perfect remedy is to go against the Gators. It happened with LSU. Um, fucking USF scored 28 on us. Uh, but I think this would be a stay away too, but I, I just, I can't bet on Florida showing what they've shown this year on the road, even though it's a disappointing A&M team, they still have talent. And uh, so I'm going to take the Aggies and lay the three. Yeah. I think the X factor for me is um, A&M's quarterback. Uh, we've made average quarterbacks look great and great quarterbacks look really great. And, Stetson Bennett, wow. I know he's a fucking, like, national champ winner, but you're not going to convince me he's some, like, incredible stud or anything like that. But he was hitting – but he was getting picked off. I mean, like, there's something funny about that game, uh, the Florida-Georgia game. Like, um, you know, I know we lost by 22 points, but we were – like, as Gus said, we were down by eight in the third quarter. I mean, we stormed back for 17 points in the third quarter, which is something we haven't done all year. But, you know, like then we just could not put anything else together and gave up those two touchdowns. And obviously that, you know, like pushed the game away. But but for that moment, there was that glimmer of hope. And, you know, it's so funny. Like, I, I don't like Brenton Cox's the way he had been, you know, kind of me, me, me early on in the year. But I guess there had been some like totality of circumstances culminating with his behavior at the Florida Georgia game in which I guess uh, punches thrown. I believe he like there was some rumors about him like going to the Georgia locker room after the game and like, you know, lightening him up a little bit with, you know, verbally. And then I, I'm not sure if he had gotten a fight with or, or was trying to start shit with our offense, but there was something I thought in our locker room as well. I don't, I don't know all the details, but I know that like, it was like, I think to use Billy Napier's phrasing, it was a cumulative basically situation here. It wasn't just one thing. So Brent Cox off the team, which I feel is a, is a tremendous loss. You know, he, he doesn't seem like – I know I know he's not like the a, a great player because he couldn't start at Georgia, but he was a really good player for us, and I really think that's huge. Um, he was getting a lot of double teams, you know, in the past, and that's now gone. So um, that's going to really mess up our D-line. Uh, and, you know, and – as Malt Licker said, um, I, I believe uh, A&M ran for, you know, 150 plus yards against Ole Miss. So, you know, what are they going to do to us? And this, like I said, their quarterback, it's just too much. Um, one thing I did want to mention, and this really has means nothing, but it's like since we're actually, quote unquote, reporting on SEC football, I do want to mention what we alluded to in the pregame, in the, 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 the barroom comments. Um so Mark Long is a Gator grad, and I, I, I know him via Malt Liquor. He's a nice – I mean, he's a seemingly nice guy. I've, I've never had a problem with him. But I know 
him the way he covers the Gators has always kind of like I don't want to say he has a chip on his shoulder, but he certainly doesn't. He is certainly like that. Um, he kind of leans into that whole unbiased thing that reporters do. And like I've noticed with some Florida grads, they like, and I'm sure other schools notice this with their, you know, grads from their journalism schools, but Florida's got a good journalism school. So there's a lot of grads in the media and a lot of them, even if they didn't go to journalism school, but they're now journalists kind of, and I hate to use this term again, but like lean into like the whole, try to be as unbiased as possible by, and you almost make yourself sound like a hater. Uh, and now maybe that's on me for being overly sensitive Gator fan, but I just, I really catch it sometimes. Well, unfortunately there was a hot mic after um, uh, uh, Napier's Monday afternoon press conference and uh, something Mark Long said, and I, you know, it's not like he has any reason to apologize because it wasn't, he just said, he's not going to, he, he's not kissing his butt. And he also thinks he's going to be reporting on Florida longer than Billy Napier is going to be at Florida. Now there's multiple ways of taking that. But I think it's obvious what he meant was, I don't think he has much faith in him being a long-term coach at Florida. Now, that he's a journalist, I mean, he can say whatever the fuck he wants. Now, the only, the only reason I don't like it is because if that means he, if, if, if AP Mark Long doesn't think that Billy Napier is going to be around very long, then that's like our fifth fucking coach since Urban Meyer, or fourth coach since Urban Meyer. And I don't know if I can handle that. You know, we got to figure this shit out, man. And I've, I've kind of hoped that, you know, the Cajun Napier was like uh, Nepier is going to be like the hero and the savior. And, and this year, you know, like, and you've got to remind yourself every year, every time we have a, fir a first year head coach who like has struggles, I always fucking remind myself that Nick Saban went seven and six in his first year. And look at him. I'm not at all suggesting that Billy Napier is going to be Nick Saban, but can he at least be like, Okay, Kirby. I just really want, yeah, 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 Kirby. I mean, you know, like, I mean, Heupel was not great last year. His second year, now they're kicking ass. Now, I mean, there's a common theme between Kirby and, and Heupel, and that's they have, like, an old, older quarterback, you know, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett, and, Ho and, and Henry Hooper, Hooker, rather, sorry. They, you know, like, a, a seasoned quarterback, you know, like someone, now that's something we, we lack. You know, can this year like have made Anthony Richardson grow up really fast? I don't know, but I just don't think it's going to happen this week. I, I have zero faith in our defense. I think this game, if it goes, you know, like into the, you know the '60s total, I think we're going to lose by like ten points. Um, I don't. I just show me something to make me other than one third quarter. You know, a part of a third quarter against Georgia. Yeah, I. So did you pick you? You're okay. You picked. Yeah, I like to speak to the AP Mark Long thing. Um, so yeah, he is a family friend, and he went to UF. Um, and I think Gus, this reminds me of the text you sent me about the Rosillo life advice, and it wasn't. So you thought it was about another friend of mine who's in sports. Yep. Um. And I can remember, so my nephew's a sophomore at Auburn. Talking DM. Grew up a huge, yeah, DM. Grew up a huge, I mean, is a huge sports fan, like me and every, my dad, my brother, everyone, right? And he initially thought, well, I'm a big sports fan. Let me be a, you know, I'll go into sports journalism or, you know, be like, you know, He's like, he loved, he'd like to have the idea of having like Reese Davis's job 
would be awesome. And so my brother's like, yeah, it would be awesome. But his, his experience with Mark is that Mark has said, well, when it is your job, it's your job. And you kind of have to put the fandom to the side. Now he was never like a fanatic like my nephew is, but you know, I mean, he's, and we tease him all the time. We're like, well, yeah, you hate the Gators. You hate the Gators. Right. Not that he hates the Gators. And I think he would prefer that they be good. They're more interesting if they're good. Yeah. But um, it's definitely some truth to the fact where if you're, you know, if you're think of like covering, I mean, he's covered Urban Meyer. He's covered Will Muschamp. I mean, he loved Muschamp, um, but hated McElwain from the beginning. Yeah, he did. Uh, the initial, I haven't spoken to him in a while, but after, even before the Utah game, he liked Napier, uh, you know, as a, you know, person. Yeah. Um, so it's like that, that's something to keep in mind. But, you know, one of the things we always said is, it's like, especially about McElwain, is you hear Dooley and all these people's like, oh, I could tell you some stories. It's like, well, right. aren't you supposed to be a fucking journalist? And yeah, tell the stories, motherfucker. And it's not like, so I, I couldn't hear who Mark was talking to. I know who it was because he's got the same voice, Edgar or whatever, but I couldn't yeah. hear what he was saying. But I heard the questions Mark asked and they were about Brenton Cox and he just followed up. He's like, and I don't think Napier got pissed in his reply. So that's why I was a little bit confused as to why they were even having that conversation and why it came up. <clears throat> but um Marshall can be, he can definitely be a little brash and he's probably right. Unfortunately, you know, the shelf life yeah. and SEC quarterback or coaches, you know, four years, maybe. Well, um, I just want to say something, you know, he, he could be right for two different reasons. Right. You know? you know, maybe, you know, like maybe Napier does exceedingly well and he's gone, you know, like that's a possibility, but I mean, like I said, like, and like, and like, I hope I made that clear. Like, you know, as a Gator fan, I don't like hearing him talk like that, but knowing yeah, that yeah. that's his job and giving him the benefit of the doubt because, you know, y'all are friends and I don't, you know, I don't give Edgar Thompson the same benefit of the doubt or Matt Baker the same benefit of the doubt. Um, and if somebody thought it might be Mark, Matt Baker, but it was Edgar yeah, Thompson or the, or the Orlando Sentinel, they both have a, a similar cadence, if you will. But um, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, he's part of that is, you know, he's got two kids that are, I think the oldest is like 10. So he ain't going anywhere. I mean, he's, he, no. he's got his gig. He's raised him in a good town. So you know, he's oh, no, be absolutely. Another 10 years. So, yeah. The, the whole thing that I, because I sent the Baker part and he ah. just, he was defending it. And it almost seemed like some of his comments were like, he said it, but, you know, I reread them and everything and, it was definitely he was defending the questioning of the questioning. So right. So yeah. it's like, I mean, I I felt like if I mean, you know, I mean, we talked, I say things if if I'm among friends, you know, and I don't think anyone else is, can hear me, you know, and it's like I would be like, if I asked the questions Mark did and then Edgar Thompson is giving me shit, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm asking him a legitimate question and I'm trying to do my job. And because you want to like gets in cozy with them and you don't want to piss them off, you know, yeah. and it wasn't, I mean, I don't think Napier got mad. That's it just seems like 
you know, and then like you read, obviously you go to Twitter, you read the comments and someone's like, they should ban them from the campus. It's like, really? Okay. I mean, and I guarantee I I would like to have reporters ask tougher questions. And I I guarantee those people saying that are probably the same ones angry when like people want to ban other people from college campuses. Right. Oh yeah. But it's just, I, you know, that's why I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm actually happy. It's someone that, you know, we're quote unquote close with because I do want to treat this with respect. I don't, as a Gator fan, obviously I don't want to hear that shit. And I, and knowing that he doesn't like the Gators, I'm not saying he hates them. Like I always accused him of, but you know, knowing he's got those feelings for him. I, I, but I just, I mean, you know, like I don't see a problem with it. It's just like, and exactly like you said, it's called locker room talk. All right. Girls do it. Guys do it. We say shit that we don't want other people hearing, but you know, like, and maybe we're saying it happened just, you know, we're just trying to kind of blow off some steam. There is, there are these things, but you know, in this day and age, if you say something, People are going to get dragged. Thankfully, Florida, angry Florida Gators don't have the same clout that like Antifa does. Right. Antifa. Love those guys. They're tough, man. Don't call them guys. Oh, sorry. I love those days. They those? They those that come to play? I'll I'll take the Gators. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for wrapping that up. Love it. Love it. Cuz, man, you have the 3.30 CBS oh, game. This hot, is a gem. Hot, hot game. This is a gem, folks. I'm actually more excited about this than our game, and I don't, I don't literally mean that because I'll always get up for a Gator game, but this game is the choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend watching this game. The 3.30 game of the week is the number one college football playoff committee's ranking Tennessee traveling to the AP and and polls number one, Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, the Bulldogs are an eight point favorite, and um, I don't know exactly what they're looking at. But uh, Tennessee's throttled uh, the upstat Kentucky Wildcats, and you know they're coming off I think a bye week before that, and then beating Alabama. They are uh, maybe not a bye week, but whatever. Like you know they're. Tennessee is 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 moving in the right direction. Georgia is, of course, also moving in the right direction. They beat uh, the uh, defenseless Gators, except actually the Gators defense played okay, but they throttled Florida uh, 42 to 20 last week uh, in the cocktail party. Um, there was a there was a hope of mine that there would be a Georgia looking past Florida to to Tennessee, but that didn't happen. But now there's nothing to worry about. Basically, I think I'm, I'm not. I, I want to look at both of their schedules, but from what I understand, uh, Tennessee's schedule the rest of the way is um, is pretty light. Uh, Georgia's schedule, I mean, aside from Mississippi State and Kentucky, but they have to travel to both of those games. So I mean, those games are going to be, you know, com- potentially competitive. Uh, Tennessee's rest of the schedule. My point is. Is you know they've got what Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. So this is for all the marbles in the SEC East. Um, I have I, I feel very comfortable saying that. And I think if Tennessee loses, uh, there's I think I think rather if Georgia loses, this has kind of wrapped it up. Um, 
I, obviously I don't, I don't know how to, how to phrase this. I don't, I'm not happy that the two most hated teams that I have or two of the most hated teams I have are in this position, but this is good for college football right now. Um, Tennessee is a freaking like awesome story. And Georgia is the reigning national champions. Um, I hate this line. I think eight is a freaking insult. I think Tennessee is probably, I think Tennessee, I mean, what we always say is if you think there's a possibility of the win, then there's no doubt about this line. Um, I'm taking the balls all the way. I'm taking the balls to win this game and roll on to Atlanta where they're going to have a rematch, I guess, against Alabama. Here we go. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not sure Tennessee can, I think they can win. I'm not sure they're going to win, but I think, I'm taking them. I think, especially in this era of football, I mean, Georgia's got a very talented defense, but Tennessee's offense is just an extremely well-oiled machine, very confident. Um, and I think that has a big advantage over a talented defense. Obviously, there's a, a game where Tennessee turns the ball over a couple times and it gets out of hand. But I, I mean, I just, I don't see that happening. I think both teams are going to score. Um, that over looks about right, honestly. Uh, but it comes down to, you know, who do you think is more inclined to make a big play at quarterback? And Bennett's a good leader. He can make some plays with his feet, but he is not as impressive as Hooker. And I think Tennessee can gear up and make some plays to force some third and longs. It'll be difficult for Bennett. Um, you know, George will do the same. It'll make it difficult for Hooker, but I just think Hooker is going to be a little bit more likely to make some plays when he needs to. Um, it's kind of like when you know we're going to throw, can you stop us? Um, and I think George is going to have a tougher time on defense doing that than Tennessee. Uh, very close game. It'll be fun to watch. Really don't want any of them to win, but um, I'll take Tennessee to cover. So let's talk about these two teams in the future. And bear with me if we talked about this last week. I can't remember if it was the pod or if it was a cocktail party, Cousins House. Mm -hmm. Both of these teams have experienced quarterbacks, which they're not going to have next year. Heifel's basically playing with Pruitt's teams that he recruited. We'll see how he does in the future. TBD, they probably won't be as good. If Stetson Bennett is your starting quarterback, and I understand he won a national title, but you know what? Like, did Jalen Hurts win a national title? And I think then he so. Got... Is his... Well, it... he did in the two a year, if that counts. Uh, yeah, but he was basically kicked to the curb. Yeah. You know, so in Georgia has no one that can kick Stetson Bennett to the curb because he's he's serviceable. He's not great by any means. He can manage a game. So I don't think Georgia has anything in the quarterback pipeline. They may have some five-star, but obviously they're not playing better than Stetson Bennett, which speaks volumes. So I think both of these teams will probably be on the decline in the coming years while Florida is climbing that mountain. So just a just a FYI. But I like it. this is my lock of the week. This is a fucking insult to Tennessee. I don't think Georgia's anywhere near the team they are. I don't think Georgia's anywhere near the team Alabama is. I mean, the Gators lost are terrible. Andy. Yeah, they almost lost to Vandy, but they almost lost to Missouri. I want to say one of the MAC teams gave them a problem as well, 
Tennessee has basically handled everybody. And I don't see why they don't handle Georgia here. Lock of the week, Tennessee by at least 17. This is going to be a fucking murder. Go Vols. How about the deck terrific? I don't even know what to say after that, but I like it. Involves. Let's roll. Sweep it. Eight's too much. Malt, got the next one. Out of conference. Yeah. The Liberty Bells or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, and who are they coached by? Crooked Hugh. Uh, going to Fayetteville to take on salt of the earth, greatest guy in the league, Sam Pittman. Uh, they are, Arkansas is a three-point favorite against Liberty, who um, I think has one loss to Wake Forest. Close game. But they're coming off a five-game winning streak. Arkansas's righted the ship a bit. They've won, I think, their last two games. Um, they, uh, you know, a little bit healthier. Uh, both these teams recently played BYU. So last year, Liber- or last week, uh, Liberty beat BYU by a few scores and a couple weeks before. Um, they beat it by 41 to 14, which I think Florida won a national championship yeah. by that number. Mm. Long fucking time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Percy. But uh, yeah, so Arkansas did the same thing, kind of similar games. Um, this is my lock of the week. I, you know, Liberty's nice and all that, but I don't think they have the horses to hang with Arkansas over a long game. And I think uh, KJ and the boys are going to lean on them and exert some of their physicality and open. And this may be close at halftime, but I, I think Arkansas is going to open it up, cover this number pretty easy. I like them by 10 or 14, at least two scores. So uh, I, I don't really know much about Liberty. I'm not uh, sure if that's breaking news. I didn't do much research on this game. Let's just put that on a T-shirt. I, um, you know, Arkansas has kind of been, you know, up and down. They, as, as I said, past couple of weeks, you know, they've, they've kind of made me, made me look kind of chumpish because I put a lot of faith, with faith, faith in them early on. But they're coming off an off week. I just don't know much. I don't, I understand these like, you know, teams like coastal Carolina and Appalachian state and Liberty, like they're, they, they kind of flash in the panish. And um, I, I guess from our, our producer provided some info that uh, cheating, cheating, cheating Hugh freeze. Uh, okay. got it. What's that? Crooked Hugh. Oh, I know. I, I that's a callback to my uh, mistake about that a couple years ago. Oh, I need to put that on a T-shirt. Crooked Hugh uh, just got a huge bump in salary, like I, I guess guaranteed or at least up to his pay, you know, and his potential buyout. Um, so they've got a lot of faith in him, and why wouldn't they? I mean, the dude was the dude was fired from Ole Miss, like because of he was he's a kind of a slut, not because you know he was a bad coach. It wasn't um, the NIL, NIL deals before they were NIL deals. Uh, maybe, yeah, it was some of those and some of those calling hookers on burner cell phones, things like that. And I, I like that, those NIL deals pre-NIL. Yeah, I think uh, Georgia was – oh, man, RIP Vince Dooley. He was probably one of the cheated, you know, cheatingest coaches in history, but, you know, that doesn't mean he deserved to die. 
it's a dad of old age, right? Anyways, um, fucking ninety, fucking yeah. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm not talking ill of the dead. Everybody cheated back then. He just didn't let himself get caught. He let Florida get caught. Fucked us over in the eighties. Anyways, um, I'm gonna take Arkansas. I have no real thought about it other than their SEC and I fuck Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. What are they? Yeah, the, so what's their mascot? The Flames, I think. Uh, that's oh, ironic. I believe they're the Flames. Do they admit Flames to Liberty? Uh, probably not. Since that's Jerry Falwell's institution, right? He started it. I'm guessing. On. I'm guessing that's not allowed unless it's just you know behind closed doors. Mm. Who knows what the fuck that guy did? Mm. Yeah, I man, I I was so big on Arkansas early, and they kind of let me down. I know they've been winning lately. I don't know. I think this may be a letdown. I think it's just one of those. The small school comes into the big school's fucking field and beats them. You know, I don't think this will be an ass kicking by any stretch of the imagination. Minus three, I, you know, this may be a push, but I'm I'm going to go Liberty here. I'm going to go Liberty. Hugh Freeze still may coach Ole, uh, not Ole Miss. He got fired from there. Sorry, Auburn, Auburn. Yeah. which we'll get into here. Doctor, I'll take the Hogs. We call the Hogs. Lone Wolf, and it's paid off for me here this year. I like it. I like it. And speaking of Lone Wolf, not a good transition because I do it the next game because we're yet to find out. But, man, another great game. I'm very excited to watch this. 7 o'clock kickoff. I'm guessing this is at least SEC Network, if not ESPN. Alabama Crimson Tide headed to Death Valley night game against the LSU Tigers. Both these teams are coming off bye weeks. Alabama's favored by 13 in Death Valley at night. I was high on Brian Kelly, then I was very low on Brian Kelly, and I think I'm coming back around. I think this is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a close game. I have no faith in Jaden Daniels. That's his name, right? LSU yeah. quarterback. I have no faith in him, but, man, LSU's playing well. I They won the week before. Who the hell did they beat? It was a and oh, I think. Yes. Oh, Ole Miss. That's Ole Miss, right. Yeah. It was Ole Miss. Yes, they beat oh, Ole dumb. Miss. That's a huge win. Alabama beat oh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, which I don't I don't know what to think about them anymore. Yeah, it's uh I mean Nick Saban has an extra week to prepare, but you know what? Brian Kelly, he's a pretty good coach. He had an extra week to prepare too. I just think 13 is too much. Alabama may win, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a really fun game. The over is 58. I don't think uh, they may sniff it. They might. It may be like 34, 20. I don't know, but it'll be close. But, uh, man, give me LSU. It's just too too much, too many points here. So I think like you, I'm struggling with this game. Uh, You know, LSU – they had the opening loss of just played like complete shit. And um, I mean, their only other loss was to Tennessee, which was at home. So if you're saying, well, Bama played Tennessee to, you know, last second field goal. And then Tennessee came in and just smoked LSU, but I, you know, it's a little too much transitive property. Um, man. <clears throat> 
I have a something. My gut is telling me Bam might just blow him out, but my head is telling me I should take the points and the home underdog at night. Um, fuck it. I kind of want to see LSU get their ass kicked at home, so I'll go with my gut. I'll take Bama. That's smart. They got Bryce Young. That's all you need to know. That's the yeah. only reason to go with Bama. God, I wanted you to go the other way. Damn it. Um. So, I mean, Florida's offense had a – a, a, a very, you know, fairly good experience against LSU. The problem is Florida's defense didn't arrive. I just, I, I think Alabama's going to win this game. I just think 13 points is, there's just something funny about it. It's a lot of um, points. A it's lot a of lot points. of points, but, but I mean, like you, I mean, that's two touchdowns. I mean, and I saw what two touchdowns against Florida in the second half made it a 22 and a half point game, you know? So it's like, Two touchdowns are, are totally doable. It just, the, the thing that keeps ringing in my ear, and this is not meant to be an insult to Alabama, but LSU was a fourth freaking quarter team, and they were against Auburn. They were a second-half team against Auburn, second-half team against Ole Miss um, earlier this year, or, I mean, just a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and they didn't slow down at all against Florida, but, you know, like I said, that's kind of a weird comparison. I mean, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, the only team comparable that they played that's as good as Alabama in the past couple of weeks kicked their ass, and that was Tennessee. So this rivalry, man, this rivalry is something else. I think Alabama's got to right the ship. If they struggle now, if they lose this game, they're fucked for moving on to the playoffs. So I think they got to. They have to be further west, right? Yeah. I think they've got to do it. I think LSU has no, they don't they each have one SEC loss. I think you're right. Yeah. So I'm gonna take Alabama. I'm I know they're I, I feel like they're gonna win. It's just 13 is just such a high number. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my gut as well. Well, I mean, so you think about Alabama's gotta win so that they can get to the SEC title game and then win. And if they whoever they'll beat, they beat will be undefeated. And so the loser of Tennessee, Georgia, is likely to have one loss. So we could have Alabama's SEC champ, undefeated, or previously undefeated, a one-loss Georgia and a one-loss Tennessee. And if all three of them make the playoff, then we'll see a more expanded playoff immediately. Yeah, very Instead quickly. Three years from now or whatever. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the LSU and Alabama debacle, in what was that like 2009 or something like, no, not, not 2009, but 10 or 11 or something where they, you know, played and then they played and then they played again. I think they played three times in one year. Is that right? Or maybe Alabama missed the, missed the SEC championship game or something yeah, crazy. That's what happened. Yeah. So yeah. They came LSU, three times in a year. Yeah. yeah. And it's possible. Yeah. Like didn't LSU beat Bama like, Nine to seven or three to nothing, it, or it was it was all field goals. It was like nine yeah. to six or something. Yeah, it's, it's not possible. Three games. Yeah. No. No, because they're both. Oh in the God! West. Of course they would have both on, in the dude. West. What I'm the sorry, fuck I'm are sorry. you thinking? No, hey. it's like when I said that the last year when I said the Bucks and the Cowboys meeting in the fucking Super Bowl. How stupid yeah, am I? Good job. Good job. Yeah. Quincy all right, Mister, all right, Wino. All right, Wino. I made a mistake oh. and owned up to it. Smoke more cigarettes. <laughs> God, I had a dream I smoked a cigarette. Awful. But, um, okay, you're right. But it was that 
the year that they did play twice. I apologize, but um, but then Alabama. But I mean, I think my point of the, of all this nonsense is that that's what you know hurried everyone up to playoffs because the idea that the SEC was going to be dominating, which they still basically have done, with a couple with a few exceptions. Um, so no I think you're absolutely right. Teams get in. It was the fourth team. No, Ohio State will get in. Almost. The only right. loss that Ohio right. State. Yeah, I don't know about Ole Miss. Maybe earlier, but if they didn't get beat, no, they by... have two losses. They lost LSU and L in Alabama. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Shut up. That's okay. I don't know. It's I, yeah. look. I am okay with you making mistakes. This is a very safe. This is a safe space podcast. <laughs> Dude, Gus safe is... space. No, I'm space just sounds like sauce. Sauce. You know what is so funny that you would say that? Because this portion of the Bourbon Boys picking the SEC is brought to you by the Pandemic Sauce Company. I missed oh, a yeah, worldwide. Pan- <laughs> sorry, we left him out. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm fucking lone wolfing it again. Yeah. Lone wolf. You're Who gives a shit about top? some sauce? Let's yeah. get some sauce. Let's get- <laughs> or, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Gus has the sauce. That won't be edited, probably. But speaking of sauce. This portion of the Bourbon Boys picking the SEC is brought to you by the Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst worldwide pandemic and lockdown with nothing but time on his hands, a friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining fruit juices and a variety of peppers to create some unique barbecue sauces. After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce. Enter code Bourbon Boys at checkout for a discount. When you buy three bottles, you save $6. That's the discount. That's PandemicSauceCompany.com. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout. Now, um, did you guys end up trying any of it uh, this weekend? So I, I opened the- Oh, go ahead. No, go, go. No, I opened uh, the jalapeno apple. I was just curious if any of you guys tried that on the pork. It's so I was, ac- I was actually surprised when I walked up. And I see bottles, plural, of sauce. And I'm like, are you serious, cuz? Like, I can't believe this. You only have one brand of sauce out. And was it our sponsor? You fucking bet your ass. (laughs) Absolutely. So I did try the jalapeno apple. It's my first time tasting it. It was good. It was actually really good. Uh, the next morning, I can't tell you if it was beer slash scotch <laughs> slash bourbon shits or other things you put in your shits. mouth. But <clears throat> oh, and fireball. shots because yeah, there were fire. Okay, there were fireballs. Thanks, Mr. Producer. There just wasn't bourbon scent. There was fireball scent. I forgot. Yeah, and, and we did said fireball. Ew. Yes. yes. So yeah. Um, no, it was uh, it was good. Yeah. So sorry, sorry, loyal listeners. I can't tell you if it was the alcohol or the hot sauce that I had the shits based on my history, more than likely the alcohol. Well, I mean, the only complaint is that there should be a lab- a warning label. Do not mix with 15 alcoholic drinks. <laughs> that seems like that should go without saying, though. Right. I don't know. I... Some people need, you know. Oh, labels on everything. Yeah, absolutely. 
but uh, no, I, I was happy to, I was happy to share the, some of the collection of mine from pandemicsaucecompany.com um, this weekend with some bourbon boys. So, uh, but enter code bourbon boys at checkout and you get a discount when you purchase three bottles. So How much? it's a $6 discount when you purchase three bottles. Excellent. Is it still that with the new fed rate hike? I believe so. Yes. Inflation. So yeah, right. that's darn it. So uh, coming right into the PM, uh, 7.30 p.m. games, um, your Auburn Tigers Plainsman traveling to Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State is a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, my last experience with Mississippi State was uh, two weeks ago when they got throttled by Alabama. And uh, last week, Arkansas got – I mean, it, 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 it turned out to be good enough for the cover, but it wasn't, it may not have been as, uh, as, as, as bad as the score when they lost to Arkansas, but Auburn's been struggling this year. They just fired their head coach. I believe their new interim head coach is Cadillac Williams. Um, and before you go nice. any farther, before you go any farther, Bucks fan and Malt, please don't answer this. What's Cadillac's real first name? You asking me? Yeah. You're the huge Bucks fan. Let's give it. Let's hear. Am it. I the huge Bucks? No, I am. I, I I like the Bucks. I'm happy when they do well, but I cannot you said call my Bucks. Wrong. You said That's right. I'm a huge. I'm a huge Rowdies fan. See, the oh, Rowdies yeah, yeah. Eastern Conference Finals this weekend against Louisville. Uh, I don't know. Was it Carson? It's close. Carson. Carson. He's not what? white. Carson. Right. He's not white. Carnell. What's <laughs> Carnell. So, uh, yeah, the Auburn Tigers are now um, – they fired their coach from Boise State, who was an offensive genius. Um, And now they have Cadillac, Carnell Cadillac-Williams as their interim head coach. Um, Mississippi State, they really let me down against Alabama. They scored six points. But Auburn is no Alabama, sir. Um, I think, I think I like, I mean, I definitely like Mississippi State in this game. Um, this is the kind of game or team rather that they might be able to use to kind of right the ship as they end of the tail end of the season. Um, I like Mississippi State. I like Mississippi State big. So I'm going to take them. It's a 10 and a half point spread. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. So who do y'all think they should hire? Ooh, I mean, so I, I, I listen, I like Andy Staples. I don't listen to his podcast very often, which means maybe once or twice a football season, but I happen to throw it on, on the drive home about this situation. He brought up some names that were very interesting. He brought up Hugh Freeze, who apparently per Staples had opportunities to be an offensive coordinator in SEC and the home office was like, no, they told the teams, no, don't hire him. I think even though he signed a big contract, he would leave for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Auburn, another note, I think Auburn is paying 34 million a year right now to coaches between now Hartson and for him Malzahn. Yeah. So, because I think Malzahn was the worst contract for for a college team until Jimbo signed his. So, yeah, yeah, because it was wasn't big. like 
Aren't they still paying for Chizik? The big thing, the big thing that Malzahn was going to go to, like, who's he trying to let? Was it Arkansas? It was Arkansas, yeah, because he's from. And Arkansas. Auburn was like, well, we got to, you know, back up the Brinks truck for him. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Malzahn was a big Arkansas guy. He, I think, he was the one who developed Mitch Mustaine into what he became. So, you know, when he was in high school. Yeah. So they also mentioned Dion, which I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, he's got something going on at Jackson State. I know it's 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 a conference. Stop that, it. No, it's a conference that's like like. They're no, not. No, I'm channeling my inner Larry. Stop it. Uh, Stop oh, it. Okay. All right. Essential the um, the current Lions to be odds to be next uh, Auburn head coach. So Dion is oh, up okay. there, top three. I mean, I would think so. Like, I mean, when you think of, you know, like at least me, um, historical black colleges and universities, um, I think of. Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman, just because they're in the state of Florida, you're raised here, you know that. And then I think of Alcorn State, simply because of Steve McNair, but I know they're not shit. I know Bethune-Cookman isn't shit, and Florida A&M hasn't been really good. Grambling. And then, yeah, Grambling, you know, because of Eddie Robinson. And then uh, uh, Doug Williams. So it's, you know, it's not like – they haven't been good in a long time. They haven't had like a powerhouse team or anything. Dion has built that. I just wonder how, what Dion would do if he'd be like, you know what? I got a pretty good gig here. He doesn't need money. He doesn't need the money. Of course, if someone's throwing, you know, 15 million a year around at you, that's a lot of money to be talking about, but he doesn't need it. So if he's happy there, he's happy what he's building. He's happy to build up, um, uh, the HBCUs, like he could stay there, but I, I think he's very intriguing. I think players would come there because it's fucking Dion, and he still carries a lot of clout, even though typically players from his generation don't carry that much clout with kids. It would be very interesting if he went. There may be a dark horse there. I don't know who that would be. Like I, I outside of those names, like thinking about it, because I was thinking about it listening to Staples. I just don't know who who would be a dark horse dj durkin no he's never getting another job again he killed a kid he'll just be a dc so but that's my thoughts on it so it's funny like so i remember last year watching probably the most unenjoyable game i've ever watched in my life which was the florida florida state game last year a it was awful b mark jones was calling it and i think rg3 and I hate Mark Jones. And I remember he suggested that maybe Florida, because we had just canned Mullen. And he's like, why not Deion Sanders? And I'm like, are you fucking high? And part of me is like, because I know why he th- why he wants us to take Dion, which are different reasons than why one should hire Dion. But honestly, I feel like it could be amazing or a disaster but it can't be any more of a disaster than hiring harson right and so actually we hired so my office we hired a new sales guy probably six seven months ago he's from uh he's a country guy but he went to virginia tech 
and knows his knows his sports. He's probably five years older than us. Um, and we were talking about Dion, and like you said, Gus, it's like if you're a kid and you know, and you're a you know, you're probably have a better than 50-50 chance to make it to the NFL. Who's a better mentor as far as showing you what you need to do? And I mean, I don't know how much of Dion's success was just due to him being a complete athletic freak, which is what he is, but he, he is, he is not dumb. He is a smart guy and has obviously, he never really got in trouble. He was just kind of like flashy and, you know, in the eighties and nineties, that was like, Oh my God. So it's like, why is, if you put him at an sec school, I mean, you're looking at, top three recruiting easily now whether or not you know i don't know what sort of additional baggage might come with everything with him you know but it's just sort of like he's got this persona but you don't really know who he is uh so you wonder if at, behind all that persona is there like a real substantive guy who you know would be a great leader and great coach and all that i mean i don't know I, I like six, like 10 months ago, I thought it was insane. Now I'm like, not so much. So let me, let me just say something real quick. So um, I totally agree with the, some things you guys said. Mo Licker, you just said that, uh, you know, six months ago, seven, you know, seven, eight, 10 months ago, you thought it was a joke. And so did I. And then, you know, like, as like things have been clicking and, I don't want to like at all suggest it's, it's kind of funny. Like when you talk about like the current student athlete that we have now, um, a lot of them are playing for heart and for pride. But when you go to a school like Georgia or, you know, potentially Florida, definitely Alabama, you get kids and this is not an insult to them, but you get kids that, and, you know, a tremendous amount of five stars, A&M, for example, where they're spending a lot of money to get these guys on their thing. Those guys, while they may care about Texas A&M, they care much more. And I'm not insulting them. They care much more about the money. And at 18, 19 years old, so would you and so would I, most likely, if we had that talent. So to your point that who's somebody who has been in the NFL and the major league baseball for that matter, and was at a flashy school and had a tremendously flashy career and, and knows, and, 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 and he can't be dumb. He comes across as like goofus, but I mean, the guy has to be smart in some capacity. He could, he could get these top recruits in. And if he has a concern, I guarantee that guy could probably hire some coach. I think he would make, tremendous waves in the in the sec because he can tell you how to get to how, what, how to get the nfl what to do in the nfl auburn's got a tremendous amount of money now it's funny you know like i always think like oh god they just fire coaches like it's a like it's a bodily function you know to to quote or you know like mess up a seinfeld quote but you know they had tommy tuberville for nine years they had gene chizik for four years and they had Gus Malzahn for eight years. I mean, I'm not saying that's like a tremendous amount of time, probably seven seasons, but it seems shorter than that. I mean, he was the coach from 2013 to 2020, Gus Malzahn. I feel like 
they have a reputation for firing coaches, but you know, realistically they've had guys for, you know, eight, nine years, two out of the last three coaches, not, not including Harson. And there's obviously something else going on there. It can't just be the performance. I mean, they, they wanted that guy fired in year one. So there's something else going on there and that's fine. But I think we always thought Malzahn was always on the hot seat and he kind of was, I guess. And Tom Tuberville was always on and off the hot seat. But aside from Chiswick, who I think they fired so they could get Gus Malzahn, frankly. Aside from that, I, I, I really think that like, you know, they have the, they have a tremendous amount of capital ready to go. And I'm sure they can get their boosters to get, to start getting some NIL deals that are going to, you know, because I mean, for Christ's sakes, Dion stole the number one recruit away from Florida State to Jackson State. Didn't he? I'm getting yeah. a head shake. Getting a head shake from Dr. Well, Rippick. He did, but what has that kid done? Oh, I, I, well, here's what, here's what I don't know. Or, and and it, it doesn't matter. He, re, he was able to scrape up money and recruit this kid to a one, like a one fucking FCS school away from Florida State. I'm saying if he has that kind of capability with a tremendous amount of money in his back pocket, he can make an SEC team like AM. And and Auburn, I mean, I'm sorry, I know they've got some expectations here and there, but I feel like it's a different world we're living in. And somebody actually brought up the point, would you rather be an, a football a football coach in college or an NFL right now? And I take NFL all day long. They yeah. have to deal with these freaking kids and now now boosters being legally allowed to pay, but now the universities kind of controlling that but not so much and it can't be used as a recruiting tactic it can just be guaranteed and a kid signs there i mean there's all sorts of like ins and outs i wouldn't want to deal with these fucking kids and a&m's feeling the burn a little bit because they've had to suspend some of these high money you know high dollar kids i don't know if they've had any playing time but you know they're now finding out that maybe these kids are a little less about the 12th man and more about the six figures yeah i would be too yeah, so would I. Yeah, yeah. Auburn's I mean, a mess. Oh, go ahead. The contrarian side of Dion is okay. He was coaching high school until Jackson State hired him, and you know he's. But I mean, he's twenty three and five at Jackson State now, eight and zero this year. Um, you know, so it's interesting. It's, it's uh, just, yeah. and you know, it's like. If Florida said, you know what, we can Napier and we're hiring Dion, I wouldn't be like losing my mind. I'd be intrigued. I'm just saying. All right. I got to make my pick. So to bring this full circle, we've talked a lot about the coaching situation at Auburn, probably more than we talked about the coaching situation at Florida uh, a year prior. But yeah, Auburn, their AD quit. They're just in shambles. Mississippi State, Will, Roy Rogers, he'll probably light up Auburn pretty well. So, sorry, Carnell. I know teams normally play pretty hard for coaches they like that become interim coaches, but I just don't think that's going to happen here. I think Tank is Tank Bigsby hurt as well? I think uh, he's hurt. I mean, it's not going to sway my decision. Give me a, Give me Mississippi State. They're going to cover this. Yeah, so Carnell is another one of those where it's like if you add his SAT score with 
someone else. Um, he never struck me as the sharpest tack in the box, but I don't think it matters. I never felt like watching Auburn that the kids quit on Harson, and they made. I mean, at this point, I feel like they're gutted. They've got to be. Um, what was the other and, running back besides Cardell? Remember Ronnie, uh, Ronnie, Brown? Ronnie Brown. Yeah, yeah, Ronnie Brown. Yep. But uh, I, I'm with the rest, of y'all. I like uh, I like the Pirate. To, this is the type of game to uh, win. So they're they're a little demoralized. So I'll go with the Bulldogs. So if you guys had to say there was going to be one of the former Florida coaches within the last 20 years to come back into the SEC, I'm curious to hear who you would think it would be. Zucker. Well, Muschamp. Gus, I think he's done. Malt liquor. I mean, I think, I mean, the only one who, I mean, probably Mullen, I'd yeah. say. That's you know, was, maybe that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe with, um, I, I hate to, I just, I just wonder what would happen if Jimmy Baked Beans Teeth, like, does, you know, really, really well at Central Michigan. And then, like, you know, comes in with one of the lower tier teams. Cause I could see a team like, well, not necessarily Vandy, but Mississippi State or, uh, or Missouri or someone like that. I mean, maybe Missouri. I mean, it's only a hop, skip, and a jump away. You from know what Michigan. Central Michigan's record is? See, I, I, I think it's not good. That's why, I, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. But he has he, – he was on the track to come back. What is it? Three and six. Three and six, yeah. So – but I feel like he having success at Central Michigan, you know, might this, that, and the other, him way up, you know, back up to like, you know, a lower level, a lower tier or second tier, I should say, team. I know that's kind of where we are, but we're not really. So, I mean, I feel like other than Auburn, who obviously just fired their coach, who in the SEC is, well, A&M, is down on their coach. I feel like most of the other teams feel pretty good about who they have. Or well, Missouri. Some, some new teams are coming in, too, right? Yeah. I would, like, I, I would honestly say, like, it will probably be – uh, the pirate, I think Mike Leach, maybe a little bit, maybe, yeah, maybe, but I don't know who they would get to replace him. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you're Mississippi State, are you ever going to fire a coach who's over 500? Yeah, it's true, it's true, but like, I'm just saying he's the closest to being on the hot seat. Maybe, I mean, I guess you could maybe say, uh, Drinkwitz, yeah, yeah. Drinkwitz could be one, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what but I, was I still don't think of Missouri as an SEC school. So yeah, a... I always forget about them too. Yeah, I wonder how long it's going to take before people get anxious at Arkansas with Pittman. I think they love Pittman. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I, I I'd like to think. I, they... I don't think so, but yeah, I mean, he seems like their kind of guy, and if he gets them to seven eight wins every year, I think they'll they'd be dumb to get rid of him. See, there's this is this is you know like arguments I've been making for years that I you know I'm not sure the things I've been called, but you know there there's a hierarchy in the SEC whether we like it or not, and and teams like South Carolina and Mississippi State and Arkansas need to know their place. No, they just need to realize that seven to eight wins a year is fine. 
Yeah. Just like Missouri. I mean, Vanderbilt needs to realize that anytime they get six years, six wins, they need to give that guy a five-year extension or girl, whatever. When, when did Vanderbilt ever get six wins? They had, they had like 10 wins. Uh, when Franklin was their coach, was, uh, was Cutler there then? Jay Cutler was there in 2005. Uh, Franklin um, wasn't there yet. No. But And who do you play in the bowl game? They played in a bowl game. I don't know. My point is, is like, they, you know, they almost beat Florida. They did beat Florida during our kind of weird years. Um, I think with uh, Muschamp as the coach or something, but, you know. I mean, look at Kentucky, right? I mean, they've never sniffed an SEC title game. I mean, have they ever even been, like, in contention in in November for the SEC? Of course not. And that guy can walk on water there. Yeah. Which, if I were a Kentucky football fan and I had had experience what they have for the previous 50 years, you wouldn't, you're not going to run Stoops out of town. You, you know how like Spurrier shows up at, at um, South Carolina and he, you know, he made it to the SEC championship one year. And, and then for the longest time, they expected nine wins and 10 win seasons and this, that, and the other. And Shane Beamer has made him realize that, like, you win at Kentucky and you cry after that game, and then you go ahead and lose and get your ass kicked by Missouri two weeks later. Who did who did Spurrier replace in South Carolina? Was it Holtz? I think it was. Oh. Sorry, yeah. Uh, who was that? Who was that? The guy in Barstool did a hell of a job. It's just amazing. Coach Lou Holtz was just amazing. Check him out on Twitter. God, that guy probably never made a bunch of money. What do you think he made in Notre Dame? Holt? Yeah. What did they pay him? I mean, he made tons of money. He was probably the highest paid coach back in his heyday. Yep. For Notre Dame. He probably got a bunch of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He probably got a bunch of free shit when he was coaching at Arkansas during the cheating days of Big Eight. He probably got some good money plus whatever was on the contract left when he coached the Jets because he coached them for a year, maybe two. Yeah. Because he went he went what? the Jets, he went Arkansas, the Jets, then Notre Dame, right? Wow. He coached in the NFL. Yeah. I think he went he he did he coached at West Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's and he started at like one of the like Mac schools in Ohio was his first gig. Of course, Elian. It's the best athletes there are that don't go to bigger schools. Yeah, they fuck it up. I bet you they. I bet you. I wonder what that South Carolina deal has to offer because we always joke that like Spurrier was guaranteed a membership at Augusta, right? Yeah. By taking that job, and uh, I've got a. I I just. I mean, was. It was Lou Holtz like he was out of the game for a couple of years at least? Yeah. So he, here's his trajectory. Yeah, let's hear it. As a head coach, well, he started out as an assistant in Iowa, mm-hmm. assistant yep. at William and Mary, assistant at UConn, assistant at South Carolina, oh. assistant in Ohio State for Woody Hayes. Then his first head gig was at William and Mary. Then he went NC State. Then he went the Jets for one year, Arkansas, Minnesota, then Notre Dame. And then he 
quit Notre Dame in 96. Won a national and, championship, right? Yeah, and three years later went to South Carolina. Is that 88? 88 was when he won it, yeah. Lake Dawson. Newholt. What was the quarterback's name? Uh, something Rice? Tony Rice. Tony Rice. Tony Rice. Oh. Yeah, they not that team, but two years, two or three years later, they beat the shit out of Florida in the uh, Sugar Bowl. Yeah, Rick Meyer. Yeah, Rick Meyer. Did you all have, did I ever tell you all the Sugar Bowl Notre Dame story with my brother, and my dad, no. and I? Let's roll. No. Let's hear it. <laughs> Can we put this on the pod? It's a pretty. I mean, it's college football related. No, it's fine with me. All right. So, as you as you all know, my you know, my dad's a huge Notre Dame fan. And growing up, we all were. You just refer to your dad does. And um, so, as you mentioned, because so my brother went to Florida. His first year was 89 or 88, which was the year before Spurrier. And then he's there. Spurrier gets there. Immediate success. We win the SEC, but don't, but we win it. And then I think it was the next year when we officially won it was 91 with Shane Matthews and Notre Dame. That was back when Notre Dame was always in like the top five and had a little bit of a down year and, um, but made it to the Sugar Bowl because they were Notre Dame. I think they had like three or four losses. Florida had one or two, won the SEC. was, t- And so there's like leading up to this. So the, I w- always got teased because, you know, we were Yankee fans and the Yankees had never won a World Series while I was alive. So this is 1991. So the last World Series they won was 78. I'm not going to feel Can't sorry. imagine I'm, that. Yeah, I'm not going to feel sorry for you on this story, by the way. <laughs> and, of course, the Bucks sucked. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's, like, one story about, like, a Kentucky Derby where, like, we did a family pool. I drew the favorite and was all excited as, like, a nine-year-old. My dad puts a, puts a hex on the horse before the race starts. The horse pulls up lame halfway through, and his horse wins. So anyway, so like, so my dad and I are still rooting for Notre Dame. My brother's a Florida fan or Florida student. He's going to the game, obviously rooting for Florida. And my mom picks Florida. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you picking Florida? Just because is there, St. is going to Florida. And he didn't me, say that. If me and dad, it's two to one. You should pick me and dad, over, right? And so, um, well, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, so that's like, you know, it's Christmas break. He's home from school. And he's like, the only thing that has me worried about losing to Notre Dame is that dad's rooting for him. Oh. But then I realized that you're rooting for him too. So that counterbalances whatever juju my dad has because I'm the fucking jinx, right? Oh my God, was, was Jerome Bennis in that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm like, you motherfucker, right? And they so... just talking shit? Yeah. And so whatever. So like 
he goes to the game and is gone for however long he was. And we watch the game, and it's basically me and my dad and my mom's rooting for Florida. I'm like daggers at my mom. And so Florida got out to a little bit of a lead. And then Notre Dame, as you said, Jerome Bettis runs him over. So like my dad had, so we're like, well, we got to do something to, to fuck with my brother. So we had a, I think I had like as a gift, a little kid, like a buck helmet. (laughs) And so we didn't have a Notre Dame helmet, but we had gold garland from the Christmas tree. So we wrapped the buck helmet in gold garland. My dad, someone that's like a gag gift had given him like shamrock toilet paper. My brother was named in high school, most likely to succeed. And he had like a little medallion. So we take the helmet, wrap it in gold garland, put like a Notre Dame jersey on his bed, replace most likely to recede with most likely to repent. The idea is that he prodigal son coming home. And then, and then take the shamrock toilet paper and toilet paper the fuck out of his room. Like shamrock toilet paper through the ceiling fan, across the, the closet, just every fucking way. And so um, like couldn't wait for him to get home. And like, so he didn't get home till like early in the morning and he knew something was coming. And so the way he described it was like, I know something's going to happen, but like, so he goes in, so he described it like he walks into his room and sees it and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and so that year we had gotten our first dog and my dad was like, if, if Notre Dame, so he was named Gizmo. If Notre Dame wins, I'm calling him Domer. Oh. And so we had like a, uh, a golden headband and wrote on it dome <laughs> and basically put it around his collar. So like that whole week he was walking around with dome runs. Anyway. Wow. Uh, so- yeah. That sugar bowl that y'all are talking about. I think uh, our kicker had like four or five or six field goals in that game, which is not how you're going to win a game. We did have a lead in the fourth quarter. 22 to 22 to 16, but then Jerome Bettis ripped off a long touchdown. There were like two long Notre Dame touchdowns. Well, then I think like, and I think like by the end of the game, so Florida's, so Brad Culpepper got hurt and a couple other defensive linemen for Florida. So it was just like, uh, yeah. So that was the final was 39, 28. And Notre Dame had 22 points in the fourth quarter to Florida. Yeah. yeah. So it was 17-16 going into the fourth. Notre Dame was ahead by one. But, yeah, Florida kicked like four or five fields. The stories all were that the, the players, you know, it was the first time to the Sugar Bowl for in forever, at least for Florida, and the first time for them ever. And, like, the, the players were allowed to go out, or whether they were allowed to or not, it wasn't like a written rule for the, for the team. And they like went out and got hammered the night before. So, and so after that Spurrier was like, that's never, that's never happening again for my teams. 
And so that's when he implemented like the, you know, the curfews and all that shit he did. I don't yeah. Know. And going into that, I think Florida was ranked third. Notre Dame was like 18. But yeah. Anyway. Right? Well, I'm sorry that we've totally tangent. This is a very tangential uh, conversation. Oh, yeah. And the one thing is I remember you know, at the end of the game. So they interview Holtz and um, the, you know, like whoever it was, was like, well, little coach, what do you think? He's like, well, I just want to, dedicate this to some guy at the restaurant who told me what's the difference between Notre Dame and Cheerios Mm -hmm. Cheerios belong in a bowl well I think we proved we belong in a bowl or something like that that's a really long insult to tell someone so we can tell how excited we are about this uh, (laughs) Vanderbilt South Carolina game 100% so it's funny. I write some notes and my notes were like, I should overserve myself like last week and go to sleep for this one. Um, <laughs> Vanderbilt is getting eight points. South Carolina, you know, you don't trust them. Uh, I have no real read on this game, but uh, I just can't take Vandy. South Carolina is coming off a disappointing loss. I feel like that coach you know, has some guys that like them. So, you know, covering that is not too big an ass for the cock. So I will take them and lay the eight. So, yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. Um, I just, I, I think it's the, from what I gather, um, South Carolina relies on certain aspects to win certain games. And they have to take advantage of opponents that are willing to accommodate certain conditions. Um, South Carolina is going to need a big, not a big necessarily, but a, a, a presence, a positive special teams and defense. And I think Vandy is the type of team that can do this. Uh, Missouri has shown flashes in the pan, whereas Vanderbilt, most of their positive efforts were earlier in the season. But um, I just think that I think South Carolina is looking for a redemption kind of game. And this is going to have to be it. Or they can do it against Florida in two weeks, which they probably will. Game's very intriguing. Let's stay away from this line. South Carolina, they, you know, they've, they've been uh, impressive, I guess you could say. Sorry, it took me a little while to think of that word. I don't know. But I think Vandy's been impressive too, except against Georgia. So that's why I think this is. So interesting. I can see Florida, or I'm sorry, Florida. I don't know why I said Florida. Uh, maybe Florida <laughs> and slip there. I, South Carolina, I can see them winning, but winning maybe by less than three. But then again, I can see South or South Carolina winning by fifty. Uh, this is it's a. I'm sorry, my bad, Mister Producer. Wow, he, he already gave me the bandy. If I did that, I'm three lone wolves, and man, I'm pulling way ahead. If I mm, anchor mm. down, anchor down, man. You the, know you the, cal- the calculus you is kicking in here. Do I want to be the grand prize winner of what's the prize? Producer already put me down. You know what? You, Fuck you change it. your mind. I'm sorry. No, I... no, no, no. You know what? Fuck it. Like what? I think Bandy, I think Bandy will lose by a touchdown or less. Don't be muscled into. The... Well, actually, that's not a bad pick. Well, you're out of it, so it doesn't matter. What do I care? Does Cus care? I mean, Cus. 
If I'm if I'm the lone wolf, who'd you take there? Uh, I'm I'm going to take South Carolina. I lost a good friend this uh, in the last 24 hours. He was a Gamecock, and uh, I got to roll with that no matter what the line is. So. Heck yeah! And then I'll uh, actually do it for the Bourbon Boys podcast. Sorry, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at the my silliness. I want to thank you to our sponsor, uh, Pandemic Sauce Company, or Pandemic Sauce Company. Dot com enter bourbon boys at checkout for a uh, a discount don't forget to like subscribe rate and follow and share this episode with your friends any last thoughts fellas uh go gators <laughs> i don't know i really want another long story about uh family rivalry anybody else got any more of those uh, <laughs> no that was great that was great i was happy to relive that sugar bowl loss and you being happy yeah. about it my liquor fuck man <laughs> Arden Shashevsky, or just whatever his last name was, kicked like five or six field goals. It was a Sugar Bowl record for the Gators that game. Yeah. Yeah. So we were super The other funny part is, like, my brother is like, he talked the story about going to the game, and, you know, he's like, all right, I'm rooting for the Gators. And then Notre Dame comes out, and they play the Notre Dame fight song, and he's, like, tapping his toe to it. He's like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Stop doing that. I appreciate everything that your brother's gone through because he's a hell of a gator too now. So that's wonderful. Yeah. But, yeah um, no, I mean, we all came, I mean, not my dad, but we all saw the promised land of the orange and blue. So I think your dad is, he's been happy for the gators, right? Oh yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's a big gator fan. He just would pick Notre Dame over them still. Well, and you know, you can't blame him for that. I guess. How about you? Uh, Gus, you all right? Yeah, I'm good, dude. Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful final thoughts. This might have been the one where the, the season went off the rails. He's Doc? an Argonaut. My dad, he's an Argonaut. They don't, I really? don't think they have Argonaut. a great football team, though. Fucking Toronto? No. You know, <laughs> okay. that's, the, that's the question. Which, which college team's mascot is the Argonaut? Uh, SUNY, SUNY <laughs> Albany. It's not, no, it's in the Sunshine State. What? Johnson and Wales. <laughs> St. Leo. Saint the Saint University of, of West Florida in Pensacola. Oh. Uh, I actually know a couple of alumni from there. Same here, man. Talk about it in the green room. So for Malt Liquor, Gus, our producer, Dr. Terrific, I am Cousin Bailey saying, Go Gators! Uh-huh. Fuck Jimbo. I love turtles. Well, I'm-